The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends and earn Unicorns through successful bets or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Hello, Internet. This is Walter Ciades Fedchuk bringing you the very first episode of our 2017 EU Spring Split team-by-team previews. Yes, we're bringing it back. It's been so successful. This is our second year doing it, (laughs) and I can't think of anyone else that I'd rather talk European League of Legends and our first team with than my good friend Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. Chase, it's it's been a while since we've actually had some some real tough stuff to talk about. Man, I love this time of year. You, you can <laughs> see if you're following on YouTube, you are, you just saw like the double fist pump and everything. I love this period of the season because this is when anything is possible we're looking at all these rosters all these moves that have happened and trying to put together the mental gymnastics of how these pieces may or may not fit and we totally forget the fact that at least three of these rosters will look entirely different by the end of the split because someone will get signed at the last minute or someone will be underperforming and benched or you know all of the crazy things that happen every year that make our predictions look silly in retrospect we can ignore all of that Look at this and just really try to piece what this uh, what this region is going to look like. And the team we're talking about on day one here, this is a team that really has exemplified the region uh, at its best and at its worst uh, over the last few years. And I'm excited to talk about this because they have changed a lot of things. Since well, last to, to, to be fair, unlike uh, unlike a certain team that you follow, uh, they haven't been in relegation territory three times out of the past four splits. Uh, you, you, so it's starting early. Get the fork in them. God. Let's, yeah, thanks for but that. the team we are talking about, uh, not Chase's favorite team in Europe, it's Fnatic. Yes. The Fnatic roster had a pretty mediocre summer split to say. They, they took fifth place in the regular season. They went seven wins, six ties, and five losses. Um, they had a disappointing first-round playoff match against H2K where they, they got swept. Uh, and then at the EU Regional, as everything was falling apart around them, their coach had left, they were with a new coach, like everything was falling apart. We heard all these you know, terrible things, and the organization just seemed to be crumbling before our very eyes. They went 0-3 to the Unicorns of Love. Uh, but despite... What was probably a season from hell for the Fnatic organization, uh, they still were able to have an all-pro player. Uh, Reckless was on the third team all-pro. 
And with a season from hell, they have had some wholesale changes across the board. On uh, the top lane, they went from Kickus to returning hype Frenchman Soaz. Uh, in the jungle, their departed Korean jungler Spirit is now amazing, uh, joining Soaz from Orien. Uh, in the mid lane, longtime mid lane replacement for X Peke, uh, Fabivin. He is now off to H2K and is replaced by uh, the European player from Turkey, Caps, who played on Dark Package, Dark Passage. Uh, and we have Reckless returning. That's always that's always fantastic. And they're replacing the longtime legacy support of Yellow Star with Jezz's who was an analyst for Immortals last split. And Nico Pico is continuing his coaching duties from the European playoffs and regionals. Chase, what do you think about this roster? Well, uh, on the let, let's start with the obvious. This is the kind of offseason that we expected from Fnatic, given what we saw last split. Fnatic does not settle for mediocre. That is not something that they find acceptable. It's not something that they have used as a standard for any of the esports they've gotten involved in. So when you lose in regionals 03 to Unicorns of Love and you lose to H2K the way that they did in the summer playoffs, yeah, we're going to see a lot of changes. And we got to give Fnatic credit. They recognize the problem that that roster had. And instead of just importing in Koreans and, and doing the typical kind of pitfalls that we saw, they looked within to Europe and tried to make changes on that end. Um, were all those changes good? Not especially. I'm, I'm very cautious in my optimism when I look at the top and jungle, uh, the basically coming from origin into Fnatic here. I understand that these guys have experience with Fnatic before, and obviously with Soaz, it's a very extensive history on Fnatic before. <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're the same guys that they were, and there's just a lot of question marks. I have question marks about Nico the Pico and, and how he's going to be able to handle coaching for a full split because we've really only seen him in an interim role, and that didn't go very well. Uh, it, it's going to be very interesting to see whether the changes that they made are, are going to be changes that allow them to rise to the occasion and just remind us once again that Fnatic has this crazy infrastructure across all of their games that make them repeatedly competitive, or if this is going to be something that we look at much like the split in which Reckless left to Alliance where we say, I, they're, they're not think something's not quite right. It's not quite there yet and they'll have to figure that out so that they're ready when the summer rolls around and it's really going to be do or die time okay i i would probably agree with that i would say the the return of soaz is in itself a really nice storyline and and really interesting is going to help them sell some jerseys mm -hmm. after a, i'm calling it a split from hell for this fanatic organization we we always you said the fanatic system we always talk it up and because they are one of the longest standing organizations in european league of legends and they've had success in so many other places mm -hmm. uh, despite the fact that every single one of their teams seem to have all decided the same time to basically fall apart if you look at the csgo team uh with their roster sort of splitting and dividing into the you know the current fanatic roster and then some players going to godsend it's this just seemed very weird. Very weird, like six months for the Fnatic organization. Um, but despite so much uncertainty and some of these question marks that you have, is there anything that you're actually excited about when you look at this roster? Is there any player, anything like that? Oh, there's plenty to be excited about on this team. And it starts... Plenty. Yeah, it starts with Caps. I mean, Caps is the guy that's Caps. going to be 
the one that we are going to be zoning in on from day one. Because right now, uh, as we're recording this, he is the only uh, potential next great European mid laner. Every other mid laner that we know of at the time of this recording has already been in the LCS before. This is something where the, the, the meme for forever has been, oh, look, another great EU mid laner. This is the only guy that could potentially fill that role, and he's another Danish player, which we all know the Danish buff that you get, uh, if we're to believe the you know history of uh, players from that region. And this is a guy that somehow manages to be 17 years old, so just eligible to play in the LCS, and yet also have a year's worth of experience under his belt, because he did some... Essentially, freelance work is how I like to phrase it. He played, <laughs> he played for Nerf for a bit, you know, knowing that he was never going to be able to help them out when, you know, it mattered the most. And see, the same thing with Dark Passage, right? He knew he couldn't play in the wildcard qualifiers, but he could get them to win the region, which he definitely did. And when you look at how he performed in those playoffs, you have to be excited about the potential that he brings. He does know how to play uh, assassin-type Mages, his LeBlanc is very good. Uh, his Rise has proven to be pretty effective. He did very well at adjusting to metas in general over the past year. Uh, you know, we've seen him win on everything from Malzahar and, and Vladimir to uh, some good cast games. He's played mid Kogma and done well. Got a Pentakill on Aurelian Soul. I mean, the guy has depth, which is another thing we don't usually say about new players you know we, we we don't know usually whether they're going to be able to adjust as well to new metas and with caps i don't have those same question marks the big question mark with caps is going to be his maturity which we've already had fanatic have to release a statement before the season's even begun about uh him yeah. basically uh trolling people and saying things like uh i will make sure you never get to join us a challenger <laughs> or lcs team which is just, maybe you wait till you hit the rift the first time on the big stage before you start talking trash, that's all I'm saying. But if he can keep that in mind, he has uh, a very high upside. He has, uh, you know, and, and honestly, I would say a middle-tier ceiling, or a floor, I should say. Um, I don't think that the worst-case scenario for Caps is going to look particularly poor just because he does have that depth, and he does know what it means to play on a big stage. He has played in playoff series before. And meanwhile, he is still 17. He's never been in a system like Fnatic system, so the upside is huge. I love the signing. I'm very excited to see if he could live up to the hype that European mid-laners have brought over the years. Why Why am I not surprised the former Turkish coach would pick the player from Turkey? I'm just... I'm, that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. I Even no. when you sent me, like, this is who I want to talk about, like... It, it didn't shock me. When you have Amazing and Soaz and Reckless, you chose Caps. Yeah. Um, I, I think everything you say is, is correct. I think he does have a, a nice depth to his champion pool that a lot of younger players don't necessarily have. I'm a little tempered on my expectations because most of the actual really good European mid laners, the young ones, they do take like a split to get used to playing. We, we were so spoiled with the Alex Eaches and the Froggins and all of them, but it took them a little while at the beginning of their careers to actually ramp up to the excellent players they are. And we've been bitten before with a couple of players. Um, Betsy, Power of Evil, where, you know, sometimes right out the gate they look really good and then they hit that rookie wall, you know, week six, seven, eight, and then they start to fall back to earth and then they never quite recover. So... When you say he's the best young, you know, he has the potential to be 
the best, you know, next big thing in Europe in terms of mid laner. There's another player that I'm actually thinking for that I think can definitely improve that's on another team we'll talk about later. Uh, and I'm glad you brought up the maturity thing because that definitely was – they did this awesome announcement from Fnatic Gear um, in Berlin. And then just a day later you get all this about him being terrible to people in solo queue and threatening people and the Skype group. And then all the jokes came out that he has the death note and that selfies – you know, he's the reason selfie isn't on Misfits anymore and yada, 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 yada. Um and despite all of that, despite the maturity issues, there is another player that you are more worried about on this roster. Chase, why does Jez's scare you so much? Oh, Jez's is terrifying. Well, and, and here's the thing. <laughs> it's terrifying because when you look at what you need for a guy like Caps to succeed, right? You need to make sure that the pieces around him are going to make it easy for him to achieve his potential, right? If you, you don't want to be leaning too hard on a rookie, you want him to feel comfortable. You want him to get his, you know, put his feet in the water, get used to playing on that LCS stage, get used to best of twos on a regular basis or best of threes. I should say they're now in a best of three format. Pardon me there. Uh, I but yeah, thank, thank goodness for the record. Uh, but you know, you want to make sure that you're not putting all of the pressure on him to win these games. So then you have to go to the bot lane and, Reckless has proven over the years when he's with a support that he does very well with, it is a very different Reckless than the Reckless that he doesn't, you know, that doesn't have a support that he feels comfortable with. Right. And I don't understand why anyone would feel comfortable with Jez's as a support player. And I know the immediate thing people are saying, you know, it's like, oh, well, look, he, he used to be a mid laner and he was, you know, that was a long time ago and he played bot lane a bit in 2015. So, you know, that works out. You know what? He played support too in 2015. He played for Dignitas at IEM Cologne, and it was so bad they asked him to be an analyst instead because they had him under contract, but they didn't want to play him anymore. So he, so then he went to Immortals. He's been an analyst there. Great. Like, I'm glad that he has a mind for the game, but that is so different from playing. And I am, I have been going through in my head, just trying to go through names and thinking of a single player that has gone from being out of the league for over a year and then come back and been good. It's almost unprecedented to go an entire year without playing competitive league after having previously established a career and then succeeding, let alone doing so in what is essentially his third position of competitive play that he's ever done. I don't understand how this is supposed to work out at all. I know he looks good on the ladder. I understand that, you know, solo queue, he's done his thing. Solo queue is a terrible way to measure how a player plays on a on the big stage in a LCS environment. We've seen this time and time again. That's why we have memes about, hey, they looked good in scrims. We don't know why they didn't do well. Well, because scrims aren't real games. And in real games, Jez's has not looked good in a very long time. And that's even going back to before he took a year off of the game and whatever rust that adds onto it. So... This just made no sense to me. It really felt like they needed someone who would be more of a playmaker who can enable that bot lane to be a bigger part of their game and take some pressure off of caps. And they just, they signed someone who I think does the exact opposite. So I am very See, worried about what that does to the balance for this team. I, I get your points. I understand the worry. He's one of the things that I'm worried about too. I just have to trust Reckless here if I'm Fnatic. And Reckless has seen something. Reckless has played a lot with him. Um, when he was over in Korea, he did very well on the Korean ladder. 
I've got to trust my my star. I got to trust my eighty carry that this is the guy he wants to play. That this is the guy that he's going to feel the most comfortable with, and and just go with it, and just pray to God that it doesn't backfire. Because if it works, and if this is someone that that Reckless is comfortable with, you said it earlier. When Reckless is comfortable with the support, he does play very well. Yeah. You know, as poorly as Yellow Star played last split. Reckless was comfortable, and Reckless had a great split. We yeah. said earlier, he was all pro third team. Granted, there weren't a lot of great European 80 carries. Still, and, that is hard to do when your support yeah. is as bad as, as Yellowstar was playing yeah. mechanically. Like, that, it, it, it is going to be huge for them. I agree with you. So, so absolutely, completely understand that. Um, but he's probably not going to make or break their season, Chase. Mm. So, when it comes down to it, what do you think decides Fnatic's season? This is a concept that we've talked about a lot on the podcast previously, but for those of you who don't necessarily listen week in and week out, A, feel free to join us going forward, and B, uh, the too many knuckleheads theory is something that I've put forth many a time on this podcast. Oh boy, here we go. So here we got uh, Soaz, who looked absolutely checked out Toward, at, at certain points during the origin split, last split, which is not to say he is a bad player. We have seen what he does when he is when he cares and when he's really trying to to show people, you know, that he is the same guy that he was. We just didn't see that come in consistently. His kill participation percentage was much lower than we've seen from him in previous years. His KDA was atrocious. It was 2.3. Only Xpeke had a worst KDA, and he was playing AD carry without any previous experience in the role. Uh, this is just, uh, uh, you know, it, it's something where you have to look at it and say, what are the lessons that Caps is going to be learning throughout the split? And if he's learning from Soaz, what he's going to learn is tilting is totally okay, and you're just going to have some games where you just int, and that's going to happen. And Tabs has even pointed out that Caps is starting to do that. In solo queue play, he, you know, he had a tweet earlier. It's like, you know, I used to think Caps was great and now he's inting all the time in solo queue. I wonder how we'll do in the LCS. Well, a guy like Soaz who says, ah, don't worry about solo queue so much and don't worry about coaches and all these things. Just, you know, do well on the stage and none of that will matter. That could be poison to a young player. And so that worries me from just a, a mentality standpoint. And I'm worried about Soaz and Amazing in general just because they looked lost last split. I mean, uh, uh, that whole system really fell apart uh, for Origin before uh, we forgiven left. You could say the spring split was the start of them really taking steps backward, but at least then the talent that these guys brought to the table was so overwhelming that they were able to succeed regardless. They were still able to be a playoff team. Now they just went through, you know, if we say Fnatic went through the split from hell, what do you call Origin split last split? When, when Xpeke's mom is making headlines on how she's ruining your team. I don't even know what you call that. You know, what kind of mentality are you able to bring to the next job uh, coming out of that? What, what, where does that leave you in a mental position? And, and not only that, but you basically... I don't know what lessons Amazing takes from that last split, but one of them has to be that he's got to figure out where the hell he's supposed to be going on the map because... There was no clear call for that when he was back on Origin. And what, is Caps going to be your shot caller now? Is Jez's your shot caller now? Who is the guy that's going to make sure Amazing doesn't look as lost as he did? There are just so many of these little things, you know, they're, they're puzzle pieces. And you can see kind of, you know, the shapes are, are close enough where you feel like they 
they should fit, but there are all these little things that just feel a little off. You know, you kind of have to almost shove the piece in and you realize it's not the fit you thought it was. That's going to be what makes or breaks this team. Are they going to be able to live up to the on-paper potential, the raw ability of guys like Soaz and Amazing who are undoubtedly talented when they're playing at their best? Are we going to see Caps reach its potential under some veteran leadership from, I guess, Reckless would be the guy you'd want to follow if you wanted to look at an example of how to be a true professional? I, I don't know. I, I want that to be the case because the league is a lot more fun when people are playing to their best of their ability, but I have very big concerns about the mentality of this roster and how these pieces are supposed to fit together as a unit rather than as individual players. And that's why, you know, at the end of the day, that's to me the biggest storyline is whether there are going to be, you know, too many knuckleheads, too many people fighting for the same kind of resources, the same kind of roles and, and whether they can put it all together and, and sacrifice whatever egos are going to be necessary. Because right now, there's a lot of ego on this team and a lot of expectations that they're going to have to live up to. I, absolutely. I, I think you absolutely nailed it on the forehead. Uh, I'm dubbing this the amazing Soaz Redemption Tour. Mm. That is what the spring split is going to be because I truly agree with you. It's really going to come down to Soaz as a player and amazing as players. Can they shake off the, the rust and the even worse season that they had uh, in the summer with Orion? Um, I think some of the numbers were just that Soaz realized that Team fighting, they just weren't there. That Peke wasn't that great, and a lot of it was him split pushing. Um, I think that's why his kill participation numbers down. I think that's why he died a little bit more, is because Soaz does historically do that when he realizes that the team really can't do it. He tries to step up and he tries to force plays. And there were definitely some games early on in the split where he was on things like Fiora, where he was trying to play Nar, these kind of split push champions that he really tried to put as much pressure on the map to try and help out some of his overmatched. Uh, teammates. Again, Amazing has shown in the past that sometimes with champion pool, he can have issues and that can affect his play. Um, but at the end of the day, if Fnatic is going to be successful and return to its roots as you know one of the best organizations in Europe, really are going to have to redeem themselves. And if not, this is just you know the continuation of sad declines for a couple of players that might be looking towards retirement in the not-so-distant future. Mm. Chase, at the end of the day, where are they going to end up? They make the playoffs? They make the finals? Are they relegated? G give me something here. Give me a prediction. They're not relegated. I think they're a six seed. Okay. I think they're six. a five or six seed. I, I think that they're, uh, they're going to struggle out of the gate because it's going to take some time to get caps to adjust to uh, what's going on with the, the rest of these pieces. These are very different pieces as far as stylistic, uh, how these guys want to play as a unit than anyone he's played with before. So that's going to take some time. I think that Jez's is going to take some time to really ramp up if he's going to get there. Uh, I think there's too much raw talent to see this team in relegations or even kind of leaning down towards that end of the strip. I, I think that there are too many teams that have uh, a much clearer identity for me to be able to say that uh, Fnatic is, is certainly going to be above them. I think if they do everything right, this could be a, as high as a three seed. I think it takes more than a split to get there, though. So I'm going to say I'm going to say tentatively that five to six range and just say that they have a much better chance of outperforming my fear than doing much worse than where I see them. If they were anything worse than than seventh, I would be. 
Well, I'd have a lot of pitchforks and torches if I were a Fnatic fan. I'll put it that way. Again, you're kind of nailing right where I think they're going to be. I think in Europe, there's there's probably three tiers of teams. There's you know top top three teams. There's this big chunk in the middle, and then there's a couple teams way down at the bottom that just I I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to see when they actually get on the rift. But I think that you know mid you know lower playoff picture into staying out of relegation definitely a good spot to put them in uh depending on which way the dominoes fall chase that's our first european team yeah we have nine more of these to cover we've got two weeks of team by team previews and as always you guys can follow us on social media i'm at c80s underscore lol chase where can the good folks at home find you you can find me at Red Shirt King. Please let me know what you think. Uh, if you think Fnatic is going to be doing better than I expect, uh, let me know why you think that. If you think that uh, they're about to crash and burn, I'd love to hear why you think that as well. Love hearing what you guys have to say about these previews. And like I said, this is only day one. We've still got a North American team that's going to co- that's you know if you just hit next, they'll be out. We're going to be talking about Team Solo mid a team near and dear to my heart. And then if you come back tomorrow, there's going to be two new podcasts for you, one for NA and one for Europe. And and Chase, I really don't know if we can raise expectations for this team any higher. So until then, Internet, goodbye. Hey there, C80's here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming. Or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show or eight bucks a month gets you first priority on all patron content, like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com, backslash RoughDraftsPod, SoundCloud.com, backslash EsportsRoughDrafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.